We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, hotties? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined, as always, by my two favorite co-hosts of all time, Matthew Spineauer and Theo Ash. We have a great episode planned for you all today. Going to go over a lot of the NFL agency stuff that has happened, because, again, every time we blink, something happens. Like, we, last episode, we said, as soon as we get off this episode, the Deshaun Watson news is going to drop. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Um... Then we're going to go over some of the uh, NFL draft prospects, in particular the wide receivers. I know, Theo, you've been scouting those guys a lot recently. So should be a good conversation there. And then we'll wrap things up with some March Madness because there have been a ton of upsets. But before we get into all of that, Matt, Theo, how are you guys doing today? I don't think we've ever had an episode age worse than last one. Like, watching that back, <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm really imp- Really disappointed on what the Raiders are doing this year. I, I would have thought they could have done more. I wish they added a wide receiver, like, and then as soon as that recording ends, that yeah, obviously the Devontae Adams yeah. news happens. I mean, what are you gonna yeah. do? What are you gonna no. do? What are you gonna do? I mean, you can't just expect that to happen. And like Watson, we're like, well, it's coming down to the probably the Saints, and then he gets traded to the Browns, and it's like, okay, we just offered no insight on the Browns, and then of course all of yeah. our March Madness predictions, or at least all of mine, I. My bracket is my, my, unbelievably bad. My, my bracket is unbelievably garbage. bad. And I tried. I really did. <laughs> I think I, I, so I had Kentucky going to the final four, which is not great because they lost in the first round to a 15 seed. But overall, I'm still out here fighting. I have seven of my elite eight are still in it. So I think, I think I'm okay. I think I can still pull off a good bracket. There, it really all comes down to getting the winner right. There's like 326 entries in our pool that actually got filled out. There are a couple extras that just are blank. I am ranked 311th with the least points remaining of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> the Tennessee I, championship I, pick was... Tennessee versus was Baylor... The LSU interim head coach thing was uh, was kind of a bold take, but I really do think like interim head coaches do like 
I really do subscribe by that, but not this time. So I had them. Yeah, I had them in my sweet 16. So it's no good. But I did bet on St. Peter's to win and I won $300 doing that. So that's that was big time. And I can't feel too bad about it because I I will probably end up (laughs) probably end up profiting from this run overall, even though all of my other ones are bad and wrong so I w- <laughs> i'll take i'll take the slightly better bracket over the money me personally but <laughs> guy like me just me not, guy not like me about the i'm more about the honor really <laughs> and i did more than i money. did end up seeing the new batman last night and i like it a lot it was very good i still haven't seen it w. i still it's, haven't seen it's it. worth I seeing i will i'll go see it i heard it's really long it is really long so was end, Endgame was really long, too, so I guess that's fair. Um, just a reminder, everyone, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, get yourself a Stay Hot hoodie. I'm wearing the Stay Hot hoodie. Someone tweeted at us that it is, like, the most comfortable thing they've ever worn. Um, I think it's really comfortable. Um, but I don't know about the most comfortable thing I've ever worn. But I do appreciate I do appreciate someone else thinking that. It's the most comfortable but, thing I've ever worn. I don't know about you. It's the most comfortable thing I've ever worn. And it's also the shirt that is okay. It's also the, the shirt that's gotten me the most compliments ever walking down the street. And yeah. Really? Wow. Oh yeah, absolutely. People can't stop talking about it. You should you should buy one yourself. Yeah. Listener. Dear you listener. Buy one yourself. I'm gonna go walk outside after this episode and see how many compliments. Oh, I you're get. gonna get so many. But Let's just hop in to some NFL free agency and trade news. Um, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Deshaun Watson going to the Browns, an episode where I can talk about the Browns and it'd be justified. Um, I mean, the Browns have done a few big things this offseason, A, getting Amari Cooper, B, getting Deshaun Watson. Um, And yeah, they alienated Baker in the process, but they will probably be a better football team because of it. So I can't really be mad. The only thing that I'm upset about is that it's like we have to pay the most money guaranteed to a quarterback ever or to a player ever. Um, and there is that gray area of the, you know, how how morally right is this? But other than that, what, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think about it? Oh, it's... There's not. There's nothing to think. I feel you know, like they, they I try, feel like that's tried, very much not they the tried, case. They tried. They they tried to press criminal charges, but because sexual assault is so hard to you know prove in in a criminal court because it's you know innocent until proven guilty. There's there's like no way they could have possibly done that. So it's just like what, and then everyone's like, oh well, I guess he's innocent, and I'm just supposed to be over here and be okay with that, like. So I've, I've been going on rants on Twitter and it's like, I'm not, I'm not a total fan of the move just cause it's like, but it's like the Browns at this point have already shown that they like, don't care. Like they have Kareem hunt from a football standpoint. How are you feeling about it? Yeah. Good. You're feeling good. Football standpoint. Good. I feel good. Like, okay. Let's say, let's say Deshaun Watson is a shell of himself. Is that still better than Baker? Mayfield? <laughs> Probably. I haven't really looked <laughs> at the entirety of the Watson contract to see how it plays. It out. is five years too high. And it's very and interesting I, because the first year has a base salary of one million dollars. So if yeah. he were, I don't. I, is that is that is that real? Yes, that is. Because yeah. I was looking. Okay, okay. Because I'm like, there's no way his cap hit's just going to be like ten million this year. Um, but 
That's the no, that's the way that works. Is cap hits ten million this year? They're going all in. I feel like. I mean, they're going. Our producer it's is now. telling us it's so that if he gets suspended, yeah, he doesn't lose a big portion of his money. It's now. I mean, it, I, I just don't know if that works out for the Browns because, I mean, the cap hit has to eventually come. So then you're looking at, yeah, two hundred and twenty million dollars in cap hit over the next four years. Yeah, if it's ten million this year and it's two hundred and thirty million. And considering a lot of it's guaranteed, restructuring is where, like a basic restructure would be, you take base salary and convert it into a signing bonus. So his base salary will always be really low because it's fully, so you can't do that as easily, can you? Or am I totally (laughs) off base about that? I'm not the world's foremost I, cap yeah. expert. I do know this, though. We, If we had a cap expert here, they could probably answer that, but we do not. I do know this, though. I don't know. I'm looking at the Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Yes. All right, Matthew Stafford won, won this mm-hmm. year, and he was making little 19. money, and he just re-signed another big con. Like, he just got re-signed in L.A. for four years. There's the big contract. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl. We all know that he pay, takes pay cuts. Patrick Mahomes won a Super Bowl before the big deal. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl. We know he takes pay cuts. Nick Foles obviously was making no money, and this was before a big Carson Wentz deal. Tom Brady, we know he takes pay cuts. Then it was Peyton Manning when he was old and not making as much money as he wasn't before. Then it was Tom Brady. We know he takes pay cuts. Then it was <laughs> Russell Wilson before any kind of mega deal when he was a rookie. Yeah, rookie contract. Then it was Joe Flacco before any kind of huge contract for him. Then it was Eli Manning, who was never really the highest paid guy. Then it was Aaron Rodgers before the highest paid contract. So, like, guy, like when has given a giving a quarterback a big contract ever worked in terms of winning a Super Bowl? Years and 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 years. It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. And there's a point where it's like, okay, what do we learn from? What have we learned from this? We never learn anything because it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like, I'm at the point now where it's like, I understand you can't let Rodgers walk. I understand that you need a you need a top five quarterback. But it's like, man, dude, this never works. Those guys, this never works. Right. And the thing is, is that it used to be that they didn't give. It's, it's hard to judge sometimes because, like, obviously Peyton Manning in 2004 is not going to get a biggest contract as a guy now is because of salary cap. But they were bigger even by comparison. Right. I mean, you have Watson out here. He's getting a deal that's giving him 25% of the cap. It's and re- you gave up assets to give him that. It's insane. You, you go back and look. Peyton, even, even the best all-time quarterbacks have problems winning Super Bowls as soon as they get paid. Brady couldn't do it. Yeah, Brady t- didn't do it. Brady took I mean, big contracts. Rodgers doesn't do it without a Super Bowl. Yeah, Ro- Brady took big contracts in in the middle of his career, I think, and it became like the highest paid guy. Yeah. They went a, a decade without winning one. You know, it's been yeah. his rookie contract when he was really early in his career, and then he went like a decade without winning one, and then like towards the back half of his career and the back end of his career, he started winning rings again. So, giving these huge deals to quarterbacks is like. I get you. It's it's you get fired if you like if you're in the playoffs all the time, you get to keep your job. That's the thing. Like if you let Rodgers walk, if you have Baker, you're probably getting fired. So like everybody has to do it. But at the same time, it's like, man, this doesn't work. This does not work. Well, that's the that that is that is the that is the cycle, right? It's like, oh, well, this doesn't work, but we don't have a choice. I, I, I would be. I feel like everyone knows it doesn't work, but it's just like 
what do you, what's your alternative? I know. So I don't know. Right? I'm glad I'm not in that position, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, Oh, it doesn't work, but it's like, do we, do we draft a guy and just hope that he's good? Or do we just say, fuck it. We're going to spend the money on a guy that we know is good and just hope that we already have the team in place to make it work, which the Browns last year, you would have said probably do. But you know, this year with all the guys they lost on their defensive line, it's like they lost what was it? Tack McKinley, Clowney, um, Clowney. Malik Jackson, Clowney, and they replaced like they lost like five or six guys on their defensive line, and they replaced them with Chase Winovich. <laughs> Winovich, who played fourteen <laughs> percent like, of defensive snaps for the Patriots last year, with zero tackles. And, from, I, and I don't hate. And I don't hate for Chase zero Winovich tackles for loss and zero sacks. I, I I liked him coming out of the draft, but like. Yeah, no, that, it's tough. It's tough for me to in this AFC for for me to ever envision the Browns to win a Super Bowl in in the current landscape. I guess. And look, here's the thing about bait. Like, I think they'll make the. I think they will have like a top offense. I really do because they're going to have yeah. like the best ru- rushing attack in football. They like always do over the past couple of years, and. Like they've had efficient, like Stefanski is, has put forward efficient passing offenses before. Like with Baker in 2020, they were like, you know, borderline top 10. With Kirk Cousins, they were like borderline top 10. So with, with Watson, you're thinking, okay, if you can be borderline top 10 with, with 2020 Baker, you can be a top five passing offense with, with Watson or a top yeah. five offense. So, and if you're a top five offense, you're probably making the playoffs unless you're the Chargers and you're just absolutely sell on defense. But, with Miles, I do like the cornerback room in in Cleveland. I think they have like a decent enough secondary, and they'll probably always have a at least a baseline pass rush as long as Miles yeah. Garrett is healthy. So I don't know if the yeah. defense will completely sell, and they should have a top five offense. So I can definitely see this being a playoff team. But man, if you're going to sell your soul and get Watson, you might you probably should get a Super Bowl from it. And this is I I just don't yeah. know if I see that in their in their cards. The 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 thing that they'll do is they'll restructure a bunch of contracts. They will. They're going to keep trying. They will they be as, they will be as Amari. aggressive as humanly possible doing that till the end of time. Um, but even then, it's like if Watson. What if Watson's suspended for half the season? Yeah. Are you going to make yeah. the playoffs? And Watson has a bad if, Kobe Brissett season. Man. Watson has also a bad injury history as well. He tore his ACL his rookie year. He dealt with a lot of stuff in high school and college. So he hasn't been the most the most reliable staying on the field. But this is all doom and gloom about the Browns. They're going to be better. They're going to be better. They're going to be better. But it's like all of a sudden when the expectations shift, now it's a Super Bowl. Yeah. It's like, are you going to reach the, the highest I'll, of high expectations? You know, from from a football, I'll say this. The Browns have had the same problem forever they don't have a quarterback they don't have a quarterback they don't have a quarterback and now they do and it doesn't mean that the work is just over for the front office and everything's perfect now they have a really hard challenge kind of the other way building around a guy when you've given up a bunch of assets and a bunch of money for him but i'd say cleveland probably would rather deal with that problem i'd I'd rather attempt dealing dealing with that problem especially when it not working out is probably still playoffs yeah and I'm, I'm really interested to see what Stefanski does with his offense because usually he's like 29th in passing attempts 30th in passing attempts like those are the types of his offense gives him training wheels with a like we're not going to really pass the ball at all compared to other teams in the league we're going to keep it on the ground and when we do pass the pass it we're going to incorporate a lot of play action and and try to get those linebackers to bite and there's your read and just hit it just it's training wheels you know but yeah. Watson doesn't need training wheels, right? Watson ran an offense in 
you ran the Patriots offense under Bill O'Brien or a Patriots-esque offense. And what the Patriots offense does is really ask the quarterback to win with their mind, right? Full control at the line of scrimmage, full field reads. Like there's no, there's no Mickey Mouse stats that Watson put up in 2020. There's no, oh, his team was just so OP. Oh, his coach was just scheming guys open. I mean, obviously every coach is just going to scheme, scheme guys open, but the, the Patriots aren't or or bill o'brien wasn't a guy who was just like oh we need to we need to really like there's there's your read please just be accurate enough to hit it and like stuff uh, or sean mcveigh when he had golf was doing that like lots of play action lots of under center single back like get an extra blocker and like just let golf make the one read and just hope he's accurate enough to hit it but then they got stafford shotgun now less play action there's less reliance yeah. on the running game so they tra- he transformed his offense into something that is like a little bit more dangerous and Stefanski I think is going to have to do the same thing because you got Watson now you probably shouldn't be 30th in passing attempts you know and that's just not something we've seen from Stefanski last year the Browns did try and get away from the play action and and and, you know let Baker be a little bit more open (laughs) with it and that failed it didn't work um and people got mad at Stefanski they were like oh why don't you go back to the run game and the play action it's like so what you just want him to totally restrict the offense because the quarterback can't get it done it's like no you shouldn't have to do that (laughs) you should be able to open up your playbook a little bit so you know at that point for me it was like you know either they're going to move on from him or at least like if we did keep baker it was going to be like hey you know this is something like this offseason like you know what we want to do now let's let's get it down but you know obviously they moved on from him so I, i i do imagine that they have a plan to, to open up the playbook again this year a little bit more. Um, but the Browns were the only team that made a big <laughs> trade. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders um, sent who I thought was going to, you know, I thought it was going to be future Cleveland Browns legend Derek Carr. Turns out it's future Las Vegas Raiders legend Devontae Adams. <laughs> <laughs> I got this news. I, I tweeted at the exact same time that, this news dropped and I, I tweeted that I had bet on St. Peter's, a bet that ended up hitting. But like, no one cared about my bet. Everybody just immediately was like, Theo check Schefter, Theo check Schefter. And I checked Schefter and I was with, I was with my friend, um, Tyler, who's also a Packers fan. And I was like, oh my God, Tyler, <laughs> this is bad. And you both fell to and your knees. We both knees fell and- to my knees in his, in his apartment. And, and I was like, I got to, talk about this. I got to go to, I got to go to my, my room and record something because people, people will be itching to hear my response. So I go to, I live in a different building on like very nearby. So I walk across the street and I'm waiting for the elevator and someone I'm waiting for the elevator and it's taking forever. And I'm the only one there. And Nirvana's something in the way is playing in the background. <laughs> this song on TikTok, that's a big thing right now. It was a very moody scene for me as I'm just sitting there waiting for the elevator with this franchise shifting mood and this like Batman, like <laughs> moody song is playing in the background. I was like, oh boy. Uh, but after thinking it, o- it over, my thoughts on the trade are this. Any other franchise, well, we're talking about the Browns. They just gave up a fifth round pick from Amari Cooper, a day three pick from Amari Cooper. Yeah. That's what... That's what that was worth. That contract was worth in that player. Robert Woods just got traded for a sixth round pick. All right. He's another really good wide receiver. Sixth round. So for the Packers to get a first and a second for Adams is with this in this market is not bad. All right. It's it's great. You'd expect it to be yes. a little bit more just because it's like, okay, this has been a first team all pro guy two straight years. And, you know, maybe you expected two first round picks for him. But in this wide receiver market, looking at it compared to the other deals, you take it. And if it was, I think, I think it's a, 
And if I mean, it I was not, I, I, yeah, I think that's absolutely amazing. The the big thing with this trade is there are so we've always we keep talking about how there's so many good wide receivers, right? I mean, every to year this it, point like it's been it's been so every, yeah every year there's like a, a new receiver breaking the rookie record for receiving yards. It's like right if you can get a receiver for a first round pick like Devonte, you know. You take that. Yeah, when people think about like positional value, I think people rank wide receiver pretty high on that on that list of like w- the most valuable positions. Wide receiver, yes. I think a lot of people would maybe put it second or third. I kind of reject that a little bit just because every year is a historic wide receiver class. It seems like it like it does not seem to be that hard to go out and get a wide receiver to produce right away. Like supply and demand. Like it may be like creating explosives on offense is probably the most valuable play that can happen. All right. And wide receivers, you kind of need a wide receiver to do that. So from that standpoint, I'm like, okay, yeah, wide receivers are valuable, but from like a supply and demand perspective, it's like, I can, I can like see it's, it's easier to get one of those than like a great corner or a great anything. I think it's like, there are more good wide receivers in football right now than there are good, any other position in football. But yes, I agree with that. But, um, if it was and if it was any other team other than the Raiders, I would look at that like, okay, Devontae Adams is going to be 30. He's going to be 30 next season. And you just traded for a first and second round pick and you gave him $28 million a year. Uh, and $28 million is a lot for a wide receiver. It's only $1 million more than DeAndre Hopkins, but it goes Adams Hopkins at like 28, 27. And then there's like a large gap. And then it's like, 20 million like that's where like the third most so it's like eight million dollars above the third highest paid wide receiver it's a lot of money for a 30 year old and it's like and the picks so i would be a little bit more dubious about this move if it was any team other than the raiders because the raiders gotta take that chance like the raiders yeah they need to be aggressive and they need to, and like Devonte's 30 but he, I think he's gonna. Ha- he has the type of game that's gonna age like Larry Fitzgerald. Because what What was the Raiders? What was the Raiders' first round pick? Like twenty twenty two. Okay, it, let's say I don't even think Burks would have fallen there, but let's say Burks falls there. Is Burks better than Devontae? No, no. God, I no. mean, like, <laughs> like <laughs> exactly. So the Raiders aren't competing for a Super Bowl. They are not in a position. They don't have like some like mega. I mean, they made the mega playoffs last year. Tier. What? They made the playoffs last year. Are the Raiders built like a Super Bowl winning team? Probably not. It's is there is there a path to them being built like a Super Bowl winning team? Probably not. I, is it is it a bad move? Like yes, trading a first and a second <laughs> for a receiver to pay a receiver the highest amount of money is like if you're would a team that's going to win the Super Bowl do that? Probably not. I don't know. I don't know if I would consider a bad move because we've already talked about. It depends on what but, they do in the draft. Their, their, their secondary concerns me. They they need to do one more thing, and that is get a corner. Because Casey Hayward is gone. They have Rocky Yassin now. I Unless I've missed something, I don't believe they have I like an alpha cornerback. who's in their cornerback. Right? I mean, Carr, I Carr right, is yeah. below the threshold of, uh, of Super Bowl winning quarterback contracts, I believe, at this point. But... I really do love their weapons. Like if you have Renfro in the slot and Waller at the Y at the tight end and Devante winning one-on-ones or drawing double teams. And then maybe you get 
a they love a speed and they had rugs and then rugs obviously went to jail and then they signed Deshaun Watson to be, to fill that like deep threat role. He's a free agent now. They still need that guy most likely and I think they'll find him in the draft, but man, with those weapons in Derek Carr, that could also be a really 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 effective offense, I think. I think that's one of the more well-built stables of weapons in the in the league and their defense was like surprisingly kind of nice last year despite the lack of top end talent there i do think chandler jones is an upgrade over yannick Ngakwe. it's it's like if they could figure this secondary out i i do think that they could be contenders so but it would be the corners are rock yassine and darius phillips ah, <laughs> <laughs> ah yeah leatherwood would need to take a step two. their their offensive line isn't great i don't know i could see a world where they contend because i i really do you think they kind of, oh, I, I like their defensive coordinator a lot, the guy from the Giants, Patrick Cram, um, and I do like their offense. So I don't, I don't know, because it's like, what do you do? You do pack up shop, because if they're, I don't know, because they couldn't just roll over and be fourth in the division. No one wants that. So I think there's a world where they're not, they, they're in the, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. You had to do something, and if you can just say, hey, you know what? We give up a first and a second. We get arguably the best receiver in football, and he gets to, and Derek Carr gets to play with his best friend from college. You you take that. Make your quarterback happy. I don't know. I feel like that's a win. I don't know. I don't know where. I wonder where they are in the AFC to come out of the AFC, like their Super Bowl odds, because you'd like that to be probably not like eighth or ninth. <laughs> So, but they probably are like eighth or ninth in that division for the Super Bowl, which is a little tough. Matt, I, I see where you're coming from, though. I do, but I, 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 I didn't say I was against the move. Okay. I wasn't, I was going to say like, you can't not compete. I made a TikTok about this pretty much saying <laughs> the same thing. Um, but yeah, you can't not compete. And I, I did think Derek Carr was making a little bit more money, but like. I think we're underestimating maybe how hard it is to compete for a championship. I guess I could see it with them. Like I could see them going on a run. If, if but Nate, like, it is trade Nate Hobbs would trading be key. a first and a second to pay a receiver thirty million dollars is like not the Super Bowl winning move. It makes them really good right now. So it's like yeah. it's kind of in that weird in between where it's like yeah, it makes them better. Yeah, they should make the playoffs. But someone is missing the playoffs in the AFC. Someone is not that, making that it. is that is the kicker. You're right. You look at the so bills, maybe maybe I'm underselling the bills, Raiders' the chances Browns, of, of making a run. They the are that talented, but I don't know. Yes, it's a Bank. tough move, but it's like it's exciting, but it's tough. It is tough, but it's always going to be tough. And let's see. There's Chiefs, Bills, Raiders, Broncos, Chargers, Browns, Bengals, Ravens, Ravens, and then already I already said bills. that's eight. All right, that's already too many, and there's still going to be the AFC South, the Colts, and the Titans. Yeah, one, and, yeah, one of the AFC South teams has to so, make it. So, like, two really teams that we look at right now that look really good are going to miss. And yes. maybe it's the Raiders. I It could be, but... I don't know. I don't. I, I have no guess right now. The, the Bengals, maybe, but... I, the Bengals have done a lot of work on that offensive line. They man. have, like, they probably win the Super Bowl with an average offensive line, la la like, last year. And this yeah. year, they got that. I do think that they're going to regress a little bit in the in the big play category because they just hit them at such a crate. Like, it just worked every time, throwing to Jamar Chase. And it's like, is that going to happen again? And T. Higgins. And they, and get, they were so healthy. And 
you know, Trey Hendrickson had a sack in like 10 straight games or something like everything just clicked for them. And it's like next year, I could definitely see a world where, you know, they're still good at, but in this AFC, they, they, like you need luck to be on your side and, and luck was on their side a lot last year. And Odell got hurt in the, in the Super Bowl when it was looking to be like, that was going to be a massive problem. But so maybe it's the Bengals. Um, I feel like this year I can kind of wipe my slate clean of the 22 and 14 prediction from them. <laughs> and I can like maybe this year not be a Bengals hater because it's a new team in a new year. Uh, so I don't want to get off on the wrong foot, but like, yeah, I could see it being them. Um, the Ravens obviously missed it last year, but they were on, on pace to make it when Lamar was healthy. I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be. I'll have to think about it a little bit AFC more. It's tough. Um, there were some other receivers that went to new teams. Juju, obviously to the chiefs. Robert Woods to the Titans. We're still waiting to see where like Julio and Jarvis end up. I'm, but, I'm um, so I'm so there. sick of every single off season. Multiple veteran players who are really good get traded for low draft picks because you have to take on their contract as well. So it's really not that great of a deal. And every time it's like, why would why would this team make that deal? And also, why would no other team beat that deal? And it's like, there's a reason for it, you know. Yeah. Um, but I do like Robert Woods of the Titans. Yeah. He's a, probably maybe the best run blocking wide receiver in football. They he run it. Actually. They run According it a lot in, they run it a lot in Tennessee. They needed a wide receiver with Julio gone. Checks out to me, you know, <laughs> that seems like a really good <laughs> fit for him there. I'm surprised the Rams would move on from him because they asked him to do a lot of that there. And you would assume that he's probably healthy pretty early in the season with when he tore his ACL, which was like midway through this one. You could, you've seen stranger things than him being back week one, week two, week three. So I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't value him enough to to just keep him around and instead traded him, trading him for a six round pick. But uh, good for the Titans, I guess that's for the Titans' benefit. That that division is really looking like an easy Titans win right now. So. Don't have to do anything too crazy. Just like make sure that you stay the course and, and get these guys like like Woods. My thought with the Rams is, you know, we talk about they just paid Stafford a big contract. Um, they're probably thinking, okay, let's just surround Matthew Stafford with ballers. And if Robert Woods is, you know, coming off an injury, maybe you want to get a guy like, oh, I don't know, Allen Robinson, who they did get. Um, and especially with Cam Akers, who's been, you know, in and out of injury, you know, maybe, I don't know. To me, it makes, it makes more sense to surround Stafford with receivers that are elite threats. And I, I, I don't know, maybe even Allen Robinson's not the same guy he used to be, but if you're like, okay, maybe we don't need a blocking receiver anymore. Yeah. When Cooper cups coming off like the best receiving season ever. And we right. can get a guy like Allen Robinson to fill in that, that like vertical threat then, I don't know, maybe you're yeah. not so worried about being a run-first team anymore. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I I mean, they did it, so obviously, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. One thing, <laughs> one more thing I want to talk about, one more thing, because we talked about the Deshaun Watson deal completely from the Browns' point of view. I want to talk a little bit about the Texans, um, who are also involved in this trade. You've got to feel pretty good if you're a Texans fan. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer that they couldn't get any good players in the trade, and now you're just, it's left up to craft shoots in the draft and you'd like maybe someone like Greg Newsom or you'd like someone like, I don't know, something like that. Uh, but I mean, they had probably come to terms with the fact that they don't have Deshaun Watson on their team a long time ago. 
And you're at this point probably expecting him to, even if he left for absolutely nothing, you're a little bit ahead of ahead of schedule because they won just as many games with Davis Mills as they did with Deshaun Watson. So like you're probably a little bit ahead of schedule with everything and Mills looked pretty yeah. good. So you were probably like, even without all these extra picks, you were probably as a Texans fan, just like, okay. It almost feels like found money. Yeah, it does. Almost it almost feel- feels, it's like, well, you already, he's already not on the team and now you're getting the assets later. And I know that's not really how it works, but in a way, yes, um, no way. you got a bunch of draft picks. Cool. You got the three and the 13 this year. Yeah, turn that into like Kyle Hamilton and George Karloftis. Keep like you're cooking all of a sudden, but bang, yeah. that's that's a nice stuff all of a sudden. And do it again next year and the year after that and the year after that. You can get, yeah, you some, can get some good players if, with first if round you picks. you happen to hit on all of your first round picks for the next three years, you're golden. Yeah, and <laughs> you you don't have to pay this mega monster contract to somebody who, I mean, they already paid Watson, so I guess that already happened. But like now your, your books are clean. You've got to... A promising young quarterback. I really do think Davis Mills, like, if if Trevor Lawrence had the year that Davis Mills had, if he got drafted to the Texans with it was just a horrible situation um, and had the year that Davis Mills did, people would still be like, okay. Like, like Mills Mills was good. Yeah, he, was, he was probably the yeah. well, second or third best rookie the, quarterback. He was better than Zach Wilson. They're kind of in a... Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of in a spot where you can see what you have in Mills this year, and then if you're bad and if he's not good... Well, you have a bunch of first round draft picks in a quarterback class that's supposed to be really good in 2023. So it shouldn't be hard to go make a move and get your guy. And if he is good, then he's good. What they should do is, however, trade Brandon Cooks to the Packers. That's what they should do. I think that would be so sick, but I, <laughs> I don't know if they would do that because then they would not have any good receiving weapons or really weapons in, in general. So yeah. that probably wouldn't but happen, hey, they, but ideally they in have a the draft world, picks. They could that. get, they could get a receiver. They, they have could. the first round draft pick. They could get, you know, maybe Garrett Wilson or Drake London, which we'll talk about those guys later. But you know, it seems like to me, both the Browns and the Texans really won this trade. The Browns didn't have to give up any of their, you know, high level defensive players. And the Texans were able to get a lot of picks when they already considered that Watson was gone. Yeah, it was big so for the Browns. Really, it was really big yes. for the Browns because their <laughs> roster is like just good enough to win a Super Bowl right now. If they were to lose like a big cornerstone or even like a young talent, then it would really yeah. get dicey. So the fact that they didn't have to do that um, is is key for them, was key for them. I think that what lowered the cost is the money. Yeah. Yes. That's my guess is that the team's weren't ready to pay that much guaranteed. So then all of a sudden the Texans lost a little bit of leverage when the Panthers back out, right? And they're like, well, we're not we're not gonna pay that and who knows what else happened. And then uh if if the price goes up money wise, then the price has to go down asset wise for in sure, the trade huh? to make it fair. For sure. But yeah, both teams both teams won the trade here. But you know what else is a W trade? Stay hot's newest sponsor, trade coffee. You know, I don't know how you guys like your coffee, whether it be, you know, full bodied roast, you know, something light, you know, we all have our preferences, no matter, you know, what you like to drink. And, you know, trade coffee makes it easy to brew your best cup at home. And, you know, they sell the the freshest roasts, the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you as often as you like, whole or ground. You know, whether you're a coffee nerd or just want a daily cup, there's real coffee experts 
you know, that tastes over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. You can take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. And Trade has been featured by the New York Times, Wired, GQ, and has delivered over 5 million bags of coffee. Their subscription is no hassle. You can skip shipments, change your frequency, or cancel at any time. You know, um, I'm not a big coffee drinker myself. I'm a big hot chocolate fan. But Theo. (laughs) You know, if you're... I got a box, you know, if you're going to be up late grinding film, watching the All-22, getting ready for the draft, seeing what seeing what players your your favorite team is going to take with now two first-round picks like me, and you got to do double the scouting, and you're tired in the morning, you need some good coffee, I would, I would highly recommend Trade Coffee. I've been, uh, they shipped us a box, I've been drinking it in the morning after, after, you know, working through the night and I've, I look at me, I'm, I, do I sound awake? Yes, I do. So it works clearly. <laughs> Theo Ash NFL is Theo Ash awake. Yes. And for our listeners right now, Trade Coffee is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash stay hot. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. To get started, take their quiz at drinktrade.com slash stay hot and start your journey to your perfect cup. Again, that's drinktrade.com slash stay hot for $20 off your first three bags of the freshest coffee you will ever have. But you know what else is fresh? (laughs) Stay hot to other sponsor, HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Because with HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy and affordable. HelloFresh lets you enjoy cooking and, you know, get to eating in about 30 minutes or less. And not to mention, it is 30% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store. Plus, you get to skip those pesky checkout lines. You can try their quick and easy meals like 15 to 20 minute dinners, breakfast on the go, and 10 minute lunches in the HelloFresh market. Perfect for you if you have a crazy class schedule, a job you know, with long hours, or a new internship. You, know, you can enjoy restaurant quality meals in the comfort of your own home. You know, HelloFresh's gourmet recipes like you know, meatloaf parm are over 72% cheaper than the average restaurant meal. Um, I just got a new shipment of HelloFresh and I, I go home this weekend for spring break. But uh, one, as soon as I get back, you know what? I'm going to be munching on some HelloFresh. Make sure you go to HelloFresh.com slash StayHot16. Use the code StayHot16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash StayHot16. Use the code StayHot16 to get HelloFresh. America's number one meal kit. Now let's talk about some wide receiver prospects. Maybe the number one wide receiver, I think we can all agree, will be Garrett Wilson, or should be Garrett Wilson. With ease. With With ease. It's not close. I think we've been hyping up Garrett Wilson since as long as I can remember. Which is valid, (laughs) Um, because he's... I mean, I really think he could be the next Odell Beckham. I really do. I think, like, he is... He's just... Perfect. I don't know. I no, he's not perfect. I've seen he, some. You want to you want to hear a hot take? Go for it. My prospect number one. Okay. Wow. That is really better perfect. than Kyle Hamilton. Yep. He's really good. He's not. I'm not too far behind. He's he's definitely a top ten guy for me. I'm trying to think of everybody I've looked at, and I've looked at a lot of the top guys. The, the I currently two guys. have. Him, I currently have him at six. But I was thinking, I'm like, he might have a higher ceiling than like Aiden Hutchinson and and. I, uh, 
the two guys for me are Hutchinson and Hamilton, but three is not as interesting of a hot take. So I have him at one Fair. for the sake of the take. But <laughs> I don't think it's I don't a, see why it wouldn't be up there. And I think it's I think it's a little crazy to have any other receiver over him. People I've I'm in a contingent on football Twitter who is pushing the Olave is is better narrative. Which I mean that's I th- I think that's just completely insane. I think it's completely yes. insane too. And the reason is is Olave is more technically refined. And he's just as fast and like, or I mean, yeah, he's, he's just as fast and he's a really smooth route runner, like really smooth. Whereas Wilson stutter steps a lot and he's not efficient and there's a lot of wasted movement in his routes. But here's the thing. I don't care. I don't, don't, it, yeah, it, don't doesn't, care. it doesn't matter for him because he's going just all out all the time and like a hundred percent speed. Some people will like tempo their routes and like, start off slow and then like speed up and, and they'll try to be disrespected. He doesn't really do that. <laughs> he just kind of like <laughs> starts and he's going a hundred percent and it's just like, it's hard to stop. It is hard to stop. I don't really care about like how it, his routes look a little bit different or a little bit messier than some other guys. Cause it, it works and he understands, you know, like the blind spot and how to manipulate it. And he understands like leverage and he beats it all the same. It's just a little bit, messy it's just a little bit more jerky in his movement and like but he moves like an insect i don't understand he moves like a like a creature it's it's not like he has to try to move certain ways it's like he could decide where he's going to be at any given time yes and Having, um, having body control the way that garrett wilson does is argue is one of the more valuable things that you can have as an athlete let alone a wide receiver so, like, I, I know, Theo, you, you were, I watched your video on him. You showed that play against Clemson where he literally <laughs> just jumps, like, basically through the defender to make this, like, circus catch. Yeah, against Clemson, he's literally six feet in the air and his legs get, like, cut out from under him. So he's literally, like, his entire body, it's like a T. Like, the, the defender is the base of the T, and then he's on top of it, like, horizontally, and he's still tracking the ball like nothing is happening. It's like, bro, you are about to break your spine, and he doesn't care. <laughs> like, the, the, the way that he makes catches outside of his frame is like, you might as well hit him right in the chest when it's, like, high and behind him. He just, like, spins around and just plucks it out of the air. Like, his grip strength yes. and, like, his hand strength is is ridiculous like the way that he's able to just like catch things and keep moving like nothing happened even though the ball is like way behind him and then after the catch he's like ridiculously good ridiculously shifty he's got like these Barry Sanders juke moves that he'll break out it's crazy and he's ran a 4.37 and he he's good at creating separation as strange as his routes may look sometimes it's yeah. it, he's wide receiver one I don't care. The, yeah. When I every every other receiver in this class has like something that you're like a little iffy about. There's always something with almost every receiver in this class. Um, but not Garrett Wilson. Yeah. He does he does everything. And he does it all well. Matt and Bladen, um, do you think that he is where how would you rank Jackson Smith in Chigba compared to him? He's completely different. I, I, I think yeah, I think Garrett Wilson's better. I think I Garrett think so. Wilson is the best Ohio State receiver I can ever remember watching, as far as I'm concerned. Um, oh, that's and the the thing about him, tough. I I granted, you know, you 
I mean, in, in terms 2009 of like, what, is the first year I really remember. So anyone before that, don't. I don't. Know. I remember, and I know he never worked out in the NFL. I remember Devin Smith always being an absolute. <laughs> Devin Smith baller. was not better. Devin Smith he, was nice. He was. He was. A but he baller, was. He was. Yeah, I, I, Devin Smith wasn't even as good as Olave was. Yeah, you're. I don't. I don't. I don't remember like enough about Devin Smith because I think we. I think we were like 12 when Devin Smith was good. So. I'll. I'll say. I mean. I'll say this. I think. The only reason I can possibly think of for why Garrett Wilson is not a consensus like top five pick is that his production just like wasn't that crazy. But it's because he plays at Ohio State and every every receiver who starts on Ohio State now is not only going to be a first round draft pick almost certainly, but is going to be great in the NFL. Their track record recently has just been nuts. They have guys who can't get on the field. Uh, Jamison like, Williams. Uh, Jamison Williams. Going to be a first-round draft pick. Can't play at Ohio State <laughs> because there's too many guys there. Yeah. Jeremy Ruckert, I, it, Jeremy Ruckert as a tight end prospect was the number two yep. prospect in his class. Like, he watches high school highlights. The dude's a beast. He goes to Ohio State, like, never put up, like, he had like 500 receiving yards total in his career at Ohio State. And guess what? Every time they threw him the ball, that he caught it. Like his hands is are ridiculous. He's a wildly talented tight end, in my opinion. No production at Ohio State. No production, and it's like too many guys. And it's like you watch you watch this year because Garrett Wilson had great production in twenty twenty. I thought like he was kind of Fields' dude, and they only played like seven yeah. games. If that was like a full season, Garrett Wilson would have had crazy crazy production numbers. But this year. I mean, Stroud liked liked Smith and, and Jigba better, like in the slot, and he threw it to him. And there were times where Wilson would be wide open, and Stroud just wouldn't look his way, and it wouldn't ha- it would work anyway. Like he wouldn't have to look his way because they they're whoever the first read is in that offense is probably getting open and probably getting the ball. Like they're just that good. But Garrett Wilson is just ridiculously talented. Again, I think he's. I, he reminds me of Odell Beckham, man, like the grip strength and like the way that he can make catches outside of his body and just the overall explosiveness of him uh, is is ridiculous. And it's 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 unmatched by anybody else in the class, in my opinion. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, Why, I, 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 uh, I can't imagine Wilson not working out in the NFL. There's no way. I wa- that's why I wanted I wanted the Browns to get him just because I'm like the way he can just get stuff out of his frame. I was like, if Baker misses him, which Baker will miss him at some point, he's going to catch it anyway because he's just that good. I did a Packers um, mock draft and I'm like, I traded up and I was like, please, please, <laughs> please, please give me Wilson. And my please. Panthers mock draft had them getting Wilson. Yeah. Please Although I don't think that he'll last past eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would agree. If, if Well, yeah. Another guy you should be happy with getting is my wide receiver two is Drake London. Um, I, Theo, I think he might be your wide receiver too also, but I, I go back and forth between him and Burks. I fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Drake London. I, I was not high on like early on when I first started watching him. Cause I only had access to his tape from last year when he couldn't run routes to save his life. And I was like, this dude's just a tight end slot merchant. Um, and then I, I got to see some of his stuff from th- this past year. I was like, Oh, never mind. Oh, never mind. He's he's that guy. <laughs> he reminds. I keep seeing comps for him. That's like Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans, you know, Mike Williams. These contested catch like outside X receivers, and I uh, I get it. My comp for him was Cooper Cup, and it's it's the total opposite of Mike Evans is Cooper Cup, but like 
if you're the Vikings and you want someone in that role because you just hired a McVay guy, like Drake London is, I think, someone who can do that. He doesn't. I think if he would have ran a forty at the combine, he would have ran in the four point sixes. I he's just not not pulling away from dudes. He never does. He, I, he, when he won deep, it wasn't over the shoulder like a yard. The the DBs like a yard or two behind him. It was always contested at the catch point. I I think he would have ran in the four point sixes. I don't think he's very fast. But that being said, he's quick. He he can he can change directions faster than a guy who is six foot five should be able to do. There was a play against, I think it was Notre Dame that I showed in my video, where he caught an out route and he was moving pretty fast and the sideline was like right there and he was able to stop before he got the sideline, juke a guy out, and then juke another guy out. And it's like when you watch him after the catch, he looks like cup. Like he's just strong and big and and Ag- more agile than than you'd think he catches everything doesn't matter if it's through contact or, or what he led the college football and contested catches this year despite the fact that he missed like a good portion of the season catches everything i think that he projects to be a pretty good blocker he's not like great at it right now but i think he could be i think if you wanted to keep him in that like slot power slot type of role like cup He's six foot five. I think he could do it, and he might be better served because I just don't think he's that fast. But as a power slot, he, he I did really do like him. really well. He did really well on the outside this year. He did. Um, he but did. In twenty twenty, he did do a, a lot of stuff from the slot. Um, I don't know. The more I think about it, I, I do see where you're coming from with the cup comp, and I see where people come from with the Mike Evans comp. I kind of think I kind I lean Hopkins D Hop, where it's like. I, where it's like maybe not the most athletic receiver, but like once he gets the ball in his hands, man, it's like he can he can make you miss and he can go up and he can make a contested catch on you and he can do all these crazy things. The only difference is again, you know, Drake London six five, which that's why people keep comparing him to Mike Evans. It's like yeah. how many six five receivers are there? Garrett Wilson so and D Hop might not be a bad comparison, actually. If I'm thinking D Hop, Wilson is a little because Hopkins is smaller than you might expect. Cooper Cup is literally bigger yeah, than Hopkins him. is what, 6'1? Yeah, he's only like six feet, six one, which is what Garrett Wilson is. He's a little bit yeah. thinner. I don't think like Hopkins is this horrible comp for Drake London because there are so just like the best contested catch artist at the NFL level, the best contested catch artist at the at the college level. So I don't hate that comp, but honestly, when I think of like the body type and just like some of the stuff I see D Hop do, I think I might compare it more to Garrett Wilson just with the size. That's Cup fair. is also Drake like L- Cup is also a good three inches, two inches, two or three inches shorter than, yeah. than London. So that's it's not the thing a is like either. finding a, a a good comp for Drake London is so hard. It's like, well, do you compare him by skill set or size? Because there's no one at his size that has his skill set that I can think of. Yeah, and and Evans is pretty close. It's weird, like Evans and Cup just fill such different roles, and I think they're both decent comps for him. Uh, he's just a little bit slower than Evans and and not quite as explosive. So I don't know. But Drake London, good. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're like you're like the Eagles and you've got Devontae Smith on one side who can win one-on-ones because yeah. he's such a good like he's fast and he's a good route runner. And then if you want like the the power forward, Drake London on the other side, and you want to create <laughs> that like difference. I like that a lot. I think like the Eagles have three first round picks. I think I'm just going to keep mocking London to them because they need a guy like him. I don't think London falls that far, but... Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, Wide receiver three. I can't remember who. I think Burks is my wide receiver three. 
Burks is a lot like London to me. Like I, I view them in similar ways because Burks legitimately did kind of play that power slot cup type of role in college. He wasn't on the outside all that much and he would even line up in the backfield and, and whatnot. I, I have currently, I have Burks with a slightly higher grade than London, just because I think Burks has that extra oomph and that extra athleticism that, that London doesn't have. And Burks, has you know just as good of a can catch, almost just as good as of a contested catching ability. Really big, soft hands, just makes ridiculous snags over guys. I always think of the fade when against Alabama when they had four wide receivers on <laughs> one he side, just like, and he just like stops, and he was just by himself on the other side. And the four didn't even run routes; they just stood there, and it was basically like <laughs> we're just gonna. He's running this fade, and he's getting the ball. Like they treated Arkansas, treated him like like the best player on a high school team, like. Yeah. All these other guys don't really, we're just going to like get the ball to Burks and he's going to do something crazy. So I'm a Burks fan. I don't think he's quite as smart as London is. Another thing I like about London is, and why I, I feel confident in the cup take is he's really good at working with the quarterback and settling in holes in the zone. And when the quarterback scrambles, he always does a good job making himself available. And I don't think Burks has that kind of like that, that kind of instinct, it, that that level of like football instincts that that Drake London has. So that's like it's close, but I would a lot of times for Burks, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it just doesn't matter. He's just like Burks' game plan is: I am better than you, and I know I'm better than you. Yeah, and you should just throw me the football every single play. The the game against Alabama, they should not have even been close in that game, yeah. Arkansas, and Traylon Burks single handedly kept them in that game. And I'm not too concerned about his 40 time either. Like AJ Brown, I think is a decent comp for him. Very similar testing scores. I think Debo Samuel's a, a good comp for him. Very similar testing scores. Like it, it's like okay, if two guys who I kind of thought he was like tested like in the same range, and those two are two of the best wide receivers in football, like Burks. There's a lot of a lot a lot a lot a lot of, a lot of good wide receivers who run a 4.5. I would say even most of the good wide receivers run a 4.5, really. So, yeah, that, that 4.5 number, he obviously plays fast. Yeah, just watch him outrun all of Alabama's defense, all right? Yeah. He carries pads well. Like, if you put him in pads, his, his time probably wouldn't change, and maybe some of these smaller guys, they would, because that's a lot of weight, but I, I, I don't know what it is. He also runs strong. It, yeah. It's not really as about speed. It's like... My my favorite Dre, my, not Dre, my favorite uh, Dr- uh, Traylon Burks play is this like dig route. He comes across the middle. It's a perfect pass um, right in front of the linebacker and right before the safety. KJ Jefferson for Arkansas it. is kind of nice. He's kind of nice. Their quarterback. He, kinda, <laughs> he made some nice throws. He made yeah, some nice not throws. Bad. Um, but he catches this pass and gets absolutely drilled, just lit up. I don't know who the safety was for Bama. Just runs right into him and Burks acts like he doesn't even feel it. He just runs right through it like mid catch. I'm like, what in the, and then he breaks another tackle and it's like a, you know, 20 yard gain when most receivers that's an incompletion. All right. So let's, let's transition to maybe another Ohio state wide receiver and Chris Olave. And obviously in the TikTok world, he's created quite a stir as we've talked about, but at the end of the day, it's it that's always that's always been very funny to me because it's literally just Chris Olave who's like <laughs> the consummate pro and just like right. so solid. It's like why is why is Olave creating any kind of like be, I, I feel be, like it'd literally be like if Tyler Lockett just like was controversial. Yeah. I think 
what gets me about Olave is that he probably doesn't have the insane upside of maybe like a Burks or a London or a Wilson. But, I mean, he's a great route runner and he's really fast. And he, he's one of those guys who always seems to make the right play. And it really doesn't take much more than that to be a, an elite deep threat. Right. And and just even not a deep threat, just like over the middle. He's not very good after the catch. I think that's the thing that it's like, okay, he's going to catch it and he's probably not going to do all that much more with it after that because he's just he's goes down pretty easily. He's pretty small. It reminds me a little bit of like a, a discount Devontae Smith from last year because Devontae Smith was like kind of a similar, like just elite, elite, elite route runner and great deep threat and 170 pounds, really thin, really small. And I think a lot of people overthought Devontae Smith because of that last year and thought he couldn't survive. But the thing, if you watch Devontae, he was my wide receiver one last year. If you watch him, he's tough, man. And he, he runs through contacts and he loves to block. Yeah, he legitimately, he legitimately <laughs> like is a great blocker and like super physical. So like, it doesn't really matter. That kind of nastiness and physicality is a little bit absent from, from Alave's game, which is why he's discount, but he's got the same kind of like speed and, and route running and body control. And, and like, he's, a similar stature. So if Devon, like again, I, I think that he's going to be really solid. Like you put him at the Z and he's not, you know, maybe your ex, you're like number one dominant guy at the NFL level, but right. I view him like a, like a Marvin Jones or like a Will Fuller or like a, a, a Tyler Lockett where it's just like, if, if he can still play a really number, valuable role, r- really valuable role. But it's like, if you're first half of the first round, you probably want someone a little bit, with a little bit more upside and a little bit more like, okay, this could be an offensive player of the year, a contender at some point, this could be like an all pro at some point where when I look at a lave, I'm like really good, really solid. Um, back half of the first round. If you have a guy, like if you're the, the Titans and I guess that they have, they have woods, but if it's like, if you want AJ Brown to be your true X and you want woods to be your power slot guy in the slot blocking, and then you want a lave on the other side of you, at the, on the, as the Z to take the top off the defense, perfect. But he's not AJ Brown, you know, like he's not the, the the dominant one in that in that equation. So I like Chris Olave. I don't love 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 Chris Olave, but I mean, I think he's going to be quite good. So I don't dislike one, him. <laughs> one thing I find with some of the best route runners in the NFL, and you know, I I talk about like Judy and Devontae. These guys all have like a route that you're like. That is, that is a Jerry Judy route. That is a Devontae, Devontae Adams route. Um, in Devontae's case, it's like that, that goal line slant where he sells the fade really hard and he cuts back inside for the slant. That is his like special. He is really good at those. Jerry Judy, he does this like this fake uh, shallow in. He breaks out. He is really good at those. Um, just the way he can open his hips. Alave. Um, I think he's going to be really valuable because he's not a big contested catch guy, but on the goal line, he can do that fade, but then he like breaks out that, that I believe route, it's called a stool, a stool route is what it I does. Have, where I like, had never seen that until Alave did it. Yes, it happens. Was, it happens <laughs> that, occasionally. That yeah. He, he ran a teach <laughs> tape. Like I, I believe that's called a stool route where you like break, you did it against Clemson. Are you, are you referring to that one? I don't know if I don't know if it was against Clemson. Um, um, I thought I could it, be I, wrong. I think it was in the regular season. I don't know, but um, that that was one of <laughs> that was one of the most vicious routes I've ever seen. 
to the point where like I go out to the field with my friends sometimes. We'll just like fuck around, run routes, whatever. And I and I tried to run that route, man. That route is hard to run. Yeah, it is. It is hard like, to run. You're, you feel that in your knees, <laughs> like after you run that. You got to. So, yeah, because it's, it's not like a breakdown. You you don't you don't get the, it's not like an act, it's not like a ten yard out where you get to break down and open up. You have to like sell that fade and then plant and open up outside, and it's just really tough to do all that. Yeah, it's like a um, goal line comeback a little bit. It's like a yeah. goal line comeback, but you have to do it. You don't get as much room to operate, so you really have to be intense with it. So yeah, he's he's really good. He ran just a. If you go look at like Chris Olave touchdowns versus Clemson, I think he may have had multiple. But one of them was just a gorgeous stool route that he's really good. He's really good, but he's just not like maybe the type of upside that uh, that others have. I think Jamison Williams is a guy who's I view as sor- sort of similar. I think he's got a little bit more juice to him, though. I think he's the fastest in the class. I don't think that's a hot take, but he's got that speed. Like Olave is really fast, like really fast. Um, but Jamison Williams has he's even just a faster. Bit, he's even faster, bro. <laughs> And so I think that he's got a little bit more like oomph to him, a little bit more juice to him. He's not quite as fluid as a route runner. Um, and when he was on Ohio State, he was literally behind Olave substantially on the depth chart. So maybe this is a foolish take, but the stuff he was doing for Alabama this year, like there are just times he pulls away from dudes he has no business pulling away from. Like it's always weird to see it because when you're when the football is in your arm, you run slower. It's just you're. Like no one runs track like like this with their arm with a ball like that would just make you slower. It, like when you have the full range of movement, it's faster. So there are times like even if a wide receiver is faster than the corner, the corner will catch up once the wide receiver has the ball, just because it's harder for them to move around a little bit. But like Jameson Williams like doesn't get that, and there are times where he'll just like pull away, and it'll be like you keep expecting the dude to catch up, and he just he just won't. He just won't. And yeah, that extra acceleration will just, just, just burn you. And it's even a little bit more than Olave. Um, also kind of skinny, Jamison Williams. And I think it affects him more than it did uh, Devontae Smith. You'll see him get pushed off his line a little bit more. And you'll see it affect him a little bit more. And he, he operated from the slot a lot. Uh, I got some free releases. But it's he's still really good. And again, someone I can see in that Z type of role and just really, really take the top off of defense. Tracks the ball well, has good hands. Um, I, I think he's solid. Runs pretty fluid route runner, not super great. Not as good a, a, as Olave when it comes to like no. movement, but it, it's still pretty good. It's still to pretty me, good. To me, Jameson is the is the middle ground of like the Alabama speedsters. He's not He's not as bad as Henry Ruggs. I did not like Henry Ruggs, but you know he's, he's definitely in between. He's Waddle. not Waddle. He's not yeah, Waddle. He's, he's in between right? those two as prospects. He's in between yeah. Ruggs and Waddle. Um, I I do agree with like he he is not. If you get if you can get your hands on him as a corner, you pretty much win. That's that's yeah. pretty much it for him. But that that is that's the pro- it's so hard to get your hands on. Hard him. to do that. He has one of the best releases off the line. Um, it's so quick. Um, I, the bat, the matchup again, I, I always mention the matchup of him and Elam in the game against Florida. And it's like, Elam's always trying to get in his chest. And it's like, because Elam is, you know, his good recovery speed, usually he can make up for it. But like, there's a lot of times where he misses and it's just, 
yeah, Jameson's real good. Yeah, I agree. He's not he's not as twitchy as as Waddle was. Waddle was a little bit more of this compact guy, and yeah. he just ran full speed all the time. Like the way he could break routes like in and out without losing any speed was ridiculous, and always was going to be hard to go. And he was just better at the catch. I mean, the Dolphins used Waddle this year. Like he was Anquan. He beat a record that Anquan <laughs> Bolden held. <laughs> they used like him like a possession catch guy, and he did a really good job with it, despite the fact that he's like this little speedster. So the fact that he can do that and his hands are that reliable combined with the crazy speed like waddle's yeah. really special he was really and i do think he was a little bit better and more well-rounded than rugs was and yes. waddle went what number five or six overall and rugs went like 13th or 14th or something so um you know that's a really high selection for jameson williams if he goes in that range we'll see how teams value him yeah uh, but I, there's, I don't there's think also that so high, many receivers still. that but i know a lot of people that that do like williams as like their wide receiver one or two so I wouldn't be totally surprised if a lot of teams view them view him in the same way because as you know, we've seen teams reach on receivers in the past. It's not we've seen Ross go super high. We saw Rugs go super high, and maybe they didn't quite deserve that. Um, the other guy um, that I think is kind of in that tier three of receivers is Jahan Dotson. Um, and I, I I don't know how you guys feel. I like Dotson. I think Dotson plays a, a lot bigger. Then, then he is in the turn. And like we talk about Garrett Wilson makes catches out of his frame all the time. So does Dodson. There's a lot of times Dodson will come across the middle and he gets a pass that's really high. And I'm like, and he goes up and gets it. And I'm like, what is this dude? Six, four? No, he's five eleven. Yeah. I mean, here, th- those, those plays are just so hard to come by with guys like that. He reminds me a lot of Elijah Moore who came out last year. I think that they're kind of similar, more under like pretty undersized but they still catch everything i think elijah moore had like the best hands in last year's him and him and chase probably had the best hands in last year's class so i was a really big fan of elijah moore last year he went in the second round i am not quite as big of a fan as dotson i think he's a little bit less physical i think that he has problems his routes go a little bit wide sometimes where the corner will be able to push him to the sideline and that gives it like if you're trying to throw a fade you need to work your way towards that sideline and he he's always a little bit a little bit too far outside and and he can get pushed over there so i don't think that he's super physical he's i don't i don't think that he's going to be this like elite deep threat he ran he ran a 4.4 so it's plenty fast but uh that ranked like in this really fast wide receiver class ranked a little bit slower you you expected him to maybe be the one of the fastest guys in this whole class and he really wasn't i am I have a second round grade on him. I think if Elijah Moore went in the second round, he should go in the second round. Uh, but like once you're in the second round, I think that he's he's useful for sure. Yeah, I think second round's a fair, fair place to put him in the realm of like Pickens and. Um, I like Pickens a little bit more. Uh, we we are getting kind of long on time here, but I think Pickens <laughs> is real good. I think Pickens can be an X and like a true dude who defeats a lot of different uh, like coverages. He's fast. He's big. He's great at the catch point. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a Pickens fan. I haven't scouted him as much as these other guys, uh, but just my he, initial. Yeah. He seems like a type of guy who maybe has one upside. Whereas when you get in the second round, some of the other guys who are good probably don't have the upside of being a one. So I wonder if a team like, I don't know, like the lions, for example, could take a shot on him where it's like, I mocked him to looking the, for a one. I'm, I mocked him to the Patriots at, at pick like, 20. Right, because like that's a team that's looking I for like the one. Colts. And maybe like he's a little Colts bit more together. of a dice roll when it comes to the health stuff, but that's okay. And the personality stuff. He's a hothead. <laughs> he will he will fight. Yeah, he will fight you. There was a p- p- part uh, 
where some dude like landed out of bounds on the Georgia sideline and he took a water bottle and sprayed him with the water, but he like sprayed the water at him. So he's like a big, like he's a kind of angry. He plays angry. And I don't know if, if it's a maturity issue, that's bad, but if it's like this unquenchable fire, that's good. So I don't know the guy, but his personality is a little bit, volatile which is fine i think like there's a lot of wide receivers who are hey well, you you want your like receiver that. to be a little crazy you know you do want your wide receiver to be a little crazy so i think that i like that about him but nfl like image the highest thing that causes busts at the nfl level is immaturity so yes. um there's there's definitely a like you really have to in the interviews you really have to like decide what that is if it's like good crazy or bad crazy so i guess that's fair well there is one other guy i i I know we have to keep rolling but one other guy that i do think is kind of getting slept on because of injury is uh john mechie john mechie was really really good for alabama um and i you know jameson obviously took over you know that number one role when he got hurt but I don't want people to just like totally forget about Mechie. I think he was really good, and I think he still can. Yeah, he's be a good, good sleeper. My my sleeper is Romeo Daubs out of Nevada. When I was watching Carson Strong, I was like, okay, this dude is like Mountain West AJ Brown. Huge hands, good route runner, good after the catch. Um, yeah. yeah, okay, <laughs> sign me up. Big, <laughs> good catch radius, good after the catch, good route runner. Okay, sounds good to me. Yeah, that's uh, all yeah, you need. I'm, I'm, I'm a sleeper. And then Christian Watson is the other guy getting some first round hype, but I don't think he's quite the route runner people think he is and i think his his ball tracking ability is a little suspect and i kind of view him as like a marquez valdez scantling where he's too big too fast to be like to not be useful he's going to be useful but like i i I have have some questions about him i have some questions about him but But we're we're getting low on time big, big and fast can help pretty much any team but it but if you need some help you can always reach out to stay hot's newest sponsor better help you know, is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? You know, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional ther- It is professional therapy done securely online. This service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account anytime and send a message directly to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like you may have in the past. BetterHelp is committing to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it really easy and free to change your therapist if needed. If you're worried about the cost, it's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available for those who need it. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So go ahead and visit their website, read their testimonials that are posted daily like this one where someone says they feel less stressed, anxious, and depressed. It's a really it's a really great option for anyone looking for affordable help. So go ahead, visit betterhelp.com slash stay hot. That's better H-E-L-P and join over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an exper- with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Special offer for Stay Hot listeners, you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash stay hot. Again, that is betterhelp.com slash stay hot to better your life today. And you know what else you can do today? You can sign up for Underdog Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy app ever, if you're looking to get into some March Madness, because, you know, 
a lot of the brackets, like we're going to be talking about earlier, all of our brackets are pretty much toast. But Matt's not. Matt's good. Matt's, Matt's is still good. Mine, mine is toast. Theo, mine's I very think toast. <laughs> mine's the worst. You know, Underdog lets you draft a, a dream fantasy team in just minutes, and March Madness is the quickest way, you know, to get in on the action is with Underdog's Pick'em game. You know, you can pick the over or under on two to five different player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. If your bracket's already busted, like mine and Theo's, this is a great way to get back into the tournament. And you can use the code STAYHOT when you sign up, and you'll get your first deposit doubled. So, you know, with that being said, use the code STAYHOT at Underdog Fantasy on their website or their mobile app. Get your first deposit doubled. You know, March Madness has been madness, as it always is. And I don't even know if I want to like talk about how bad my bracket is. I did have uh, St. Peter's going to the final four and they are in the sweet. I think they're in the elite eight now, right? You uh, gotta be, 16. you gotta be the only one who has that man. So maybe, maybe <laughs> I love the way they play. They passed the vibe check. All right. I, I thought, cause I do run my projections, which I guess are useless cause my bracket's so bad, but they did, they did like, look turn up pretty relatively well so i already kind of like them and then they showed up versus kentucky and they were just like i don't know they had the it factor dude i've never felt it as much as i did like their coach just like did not look nervous like one little bit like he wasn't like he just looked completely calm everybody on the team looked completely calm there was never a point like chattanooga played a game against illinois and they were on the brink of an upset and towards the end, they just looked like they had no idea how to play. Like they just forgot how to. They didn't have the it factor. And I bet on them to win, but I cashed out when I saw them like selling because it was clear that they just did not have anything left in them. St. Peter's, I don't even know what it is. They're they're really good defensively, and they just have. It's like clear watching them play that they have like completely complete faith in themselves and the coach and everything it's it's really cool to watch st peter's play basketball yeah there's definitely a lot of teams this happens in the nba too where it's like that team is confident in themselves yeah they're under the timberwolves it's the timber it's the timberwolves right now that the timberwolves have like realized that if they just like play the way that like if they just play like it's game seven of the final they, like every game is just like intense for them now and it's like clear they realize that if they lock in they can beat anybody and that that like shift has recently happened with them and it's like they just are putting up like 140 a night right now like the timberwolves yeah. like have have completely bought in like that's the team where it's obvious to me but yes yes yeah, I don't know. Just, just be. <laughs> Sorry, good. I just like totally, I just totally. <laughs> over just that. like cut off, cut off the train of thought. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um. Well, Matt, since you're since you're the only one with a a, a bracket left, um, <laughs> where how how do what do you, what do you still have like going for you at this point? Well. I have seven out of my eight elite eight, and I have three out of my four final four, and that's where all the points come from. Um, I had Michigan in the Sweet 16. That was a pretty good call. Houston, I have going to the Final Four. They're still in it. Um, I don't have any, like, outside of Kentucky. That's my only big miss. But I had North Carolina beating Baylor. So I had, I've, I've, I've called a few, a few decent upsets. Um, was there any, any thought process that went into that, or was it just like a vibe, vibe check? Baylor is kind of beat up. And I thought North Carolina was a little underrated. 
Um, Michigan, absolutely, they were getting underrated. Them, I, I didn't want Michigan to win, and I just knew that was just it. It just gut, gut feeling. No formula, gut. I'm not gonna lie to fair, you. Fair um, enough. Well, you're doing a lot better than me with my analytics and and nerd shit. So this is. This is what I get for trying to do it, you know. Here's here's what I think it is. I think it's just a. T- it's not like I I have some insight on college basketball that you don't. But I don't p- I don't pick as many big upsets. I feel like because you're not going to get a perfect bracket. I'm just going to like how good can I get my bracket? Fair. I just want to get a really good bracket, not a perfect one. So I'm still going to get dinged for like not calling the up big upsets like. I didn't have St. Peter's winning, but because I'm not trying to get a perfect bracket, I'm also not going to call like a major, major upset that will probably end up being wrong. So I don't hurt myself that way as much. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I always try. I always like to try to call the the go big or go home, like (laughs) trying to call a Cinderella run and like from San Francisco or South Dakota state. And all of a sudden it doesn't happen. And then, then you're just screwed and you're like, why did I do that? But it is nice when it goes right. It is nice when it goes right. None of them are really going right at all for me, but last year they did a little bit. So I was a lot better last year. I'm usually not that bad at these. Like usually I'm like at least above the 50th percentile. Um, but this year, Jesus, God, no, it's horrible. The Tennessee pick is tough. It's the tough to lose your champion in the round of 32. It is. And I also bet on Baylor to play them in the championship. What are your max points right now? It's low, dude. I don't care. I'm not going to look. But can we talk a little bit about the Baylor-UNC game? Because that was one of the funniest basketball games I've ever witnessed. That game, the backboard like pass when he oh, got was trapped awesome. and just like whipped it off the backboard was hilarious. I always think it's funny. Like The refs were objectively quite bad in that game, but like they were bad for both sides. So I didn't even think that that was like a... That was like a major thing, but man, what was the name of that guy who hit that basically game-winning shot? RJ, RJ Davis, Cole Davis. Yeah, that guy's nails. Uh, the Suns should draft him. <laughs> no, he was tough. He was tough. Um, I don't know. I thought, I really thought UNC. Even in overtime, it felt like they would get ahead and then all of a sudden they're like well now we just have to hold the lead and they would get it felt like they got too much in that mindset and then they tried their best to give the game to Baylor they did everything in their (laughs) power to give that one up they did not want to go play another game um but RJ Davis willed them through mistakes and missed free throws and they they did play pretty well obviously they beat a one seed so I can't remember his name and I'm going to feel dumb, but the guy for the player that's impressed me the most is the star player for New Mexico State. And I'm trying to think of the name of him right now, but I have not watched every game, so I may have perhaps he he dropped like a ton of points on UConn and was talking shit and showboating like the entire game and was just like dancing around and like barking at the scores table like throughout the whole thing which I thought was cool. And then they lost to Arkansas. They lost a co- close game to Arkansas, but at least <laughs> with like four and a half seconds left and they were down by four. He just like did this monster dunk. <laughs> he just like t- weaved through the whole defense who wasn't really trying to guard him and just like threw it down <laughs> which i thought was hilarious and uh he's 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 really uh was a good one to uh keep track of i kind of wish that he went farther in the tournament because he was a he was a lot of fun to watch 
this is me as a ca- very casual college MBA uh, fan and I only watch <laughs> during the tournament. But there, yeah. if you think you're a casual fan, man, what does that make me? <laughs> we're all, we're all, we're all very casual. casual. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. do watch the tournament. I've watched like most of the games in the tournament, though. I do really love watching the tournament. It's hilarious. It looks like an intramural game for like long stretches. Like UNC versus Baylor, two of like Teddy Allen was his name. Teddy Allen is his name. But uh, yeah, like uh, there are long stretches and two of the best college basketball programs in in history, UNC and Baylor, where there literally looks like they're messing around <laughs> like they're j- like the, the gap between the NBA and college basketball is just, and they mic up the baskets. So the bricks just sound dude, like, dude, that's my favorite part. It's man. So Every funny. brick just sounds horrible. It dude. sounds like a, it sounds like a home invasion. It's like, I'm ducking. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God. Downtown no, no, Phoenix. I'm excited for the Chet Holmgren analysis this offseason narratives debate that's going to be <laughs> he hasn't looked super great to me in uh from what i've watched here's here's what's gonna it's gonna kill a lot of people are gonna say well mobley was skinny and he's good so being skinny cannot possibly be a problem but Holmgren's like 20 pounds lighter and there it gets a point where it's like you will be too light we'll see what he weighs at the combine um but yeah, yeah. I, I think there's not a single it, it, NBA, a good NBA player who really looks like him, like not one really. So that's should tell you Manute that Bowl. is a problem. Yeah, he's real Ball good. Um, Manute Bowl was a little bit different, but Manute Bowl was was super skinny too. I and guess. that was uh, a little while ago. That was a long time ago. Well, but anyway, yeah. I don't know. I think that is that wrap things up for us. Do you have anything else? Kevin Durant. I don't know much, no. Coming into college, look back him too. I don't know. But that's that's True. a whole different thing. He's not KD. He doesn't play like yeah. KD, so. No, and he's, yeah. he's a center, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No one's really Kevin Durant, to be fair. But. That is true. That pretty much wraps things up for us, yes. as always. Tons and tons of content coming away on all platforms. We will be back Friday to talk more NFL, NBA action, probably some more March Madness also. We'll see. Um, don't miss out all the great content coming to all platforms. We have some surprises coming, you know, this week as well. So keep an eye out for those. And as always from corn boy, bird boy and lemon boy, we will catch you all on the flippity flop. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com